The mountains formed a jagged white and gray line, illuminated against the horizon by the miners' floodlights. Snow fell in driving sheets to pile on the shiny gray tarmac, where it quickly melted and ran into shallow pools that reflected stolen scraps of the midnight sky. Roca City's air raid sirens wailed, reminding everyone that there wasn't much time, but even so, crowds of screaming people were pressing against the sorry line of sentinels and mechs who guarded the simple wire fence behind Destra. She was waiting on the other side of the fence, the safe side, but now she cast a worried glance over her shoulder to the raging crowds and squeezed Aton's small hand a little tighter. Why are they so angry? Aton asked, following her gaze to the fence. Destra smiled down at her seven-year-old son, and he looked up at her with his bright green eyes, her husband Ethan's eyes. Because they don't get to go for a ride on the spaceship, she said, and tousled his hair. As they watched, the twin beams of a military hover transport's headlights appeared in the distance, illuminating great swaths of the falling snow. Then a megaphone blared, sounding out even above the wailing sirens. Disperse and proceed in an orderly fashion to the nearest mine shuttle. Everyone should have evacuated to the mines already, but the smart ones knew that wouldn't save them. It would only buy them time and maybe not very much of it. The crowd turned to the approaching transport with a collective roar. They were not going to leave peacefully. Destra caught a glimpse of a little boy with blonde hair clutching the fence and staring hopelessly at her. The boy's mother saw Destra staring and pointed at her. Hoy, why she get to go? The woman screamed. Destra's mouth quirked up in a bitter smile. That woman didn't realize how wrong she was. Destra wasn't going anywhere. The transport was already overfull. She turned away, sickened, and tugged on Aton's hand for him to turn away too. Aton's eyes were wide. He was squeezing her hand so tight it felt like an overripe piece of fruit in his grasp. She could feel the blood throbbing at the edges of his grip, trying to escape. It was going to be hard to pry him loose when the time came, and even harder to pry herself loose. Destra turned to study her son with a wan smile. He clutched Tibby, his favorite stuffed animal, to his chest. It was a diger, a furry white feline from the ice-covered oceans and the steaming snow-dusted magma fields of Ossus. Aton loved that fuzzy caricature of a deadly predator. Destra looked away. Something wet graced her cheek, but it wasn't a snowflake. They were standing safely under the eaves of the spaceport control tower. Destra Ortane looked up, holding a hand to her brow to shield her eyes from the spaceport's landing lights. She searched the swirling darkness for the telltale streak of light which would signify a ship entering Roca's upper atmosphere. There were supposed to be a pair of Seraphim-class corvettes coming to escort the last transport off Roca 4, but so far there was nothing. Either they were late, or... Destra didn't want to finish that thought. The battle was not going well.
The Roca system was defended by more than a dozen capital-class vessels, but it was not nearly enough to repel an invasion which numbered over one hundred strong. The spaceport began roaring with the sound of the transport's grav lifts, drawing Destra's attention back to the ground. She turned to study the blocky freighter. Her eyes skipped over the scoured white paint and found the faded and peeling gold symbol of the Imperium, six stars surrounding a clenched fist. It was a symbol of strength and security, but in times like these, the peeling paint and faded colors of that emblem were far more symbolic. These were the Imperium's last days. Roka IV would be one of the last worlds to fall, but fall it would and Destra held no illusions about what would happen to her and everyone else who was left behind when it did. The Scythians took no hostages, and they never left any survivors.